Hello, my conscious soul. This is Jay Wynn. Welcome to the Conscious Chess Podcast, where we bring inspiring individuals living purposeful lives in the hope of inspiring you to be your best authentic self. This is episode number 30 with Christopher Cuadros. He's a mindset coach and therapist utilizing clinical hypnotherapy and strategic psychotherapy. Having extensive experience in the disciplines of meditation, breath work, and going deeper with plant medicines, has helped Chris discover some of the most effective methods in facilitating significant psychological shifts. You can book your discovery call with Chris via mindyourmind21.com or via Instagram at mind.your.mind21. In this episode, we discussed the misconceptions of hypnotherapy, the breathing techniques to manage the stress level down instantly, and the steps to take in getting out of the dark cloud. Here's my interview with Chris. Thank you for being on the show, Chris. Normally, I start off with your a bit of your personal history, who you were, where you grew up, and what were your early years were like to start off the show. So I grew up in Paddington in Sydney. Mm-hmm. Um, it was so different back then, obviously. Mm-hmm. But I, yeah, I went, you know, just a normal city kid. And then I moved up to Byron Bay with my mum. Mm. And that was when I was about 11 years old. Yeah, so I had five years up there. But at that time, I didn't really enjoy being in the country. Like, I always wanted to come back to the city. Mm-hmm. It's funny how things change. So I came back down to the city at the age of 17 and then just did, you know, all different types of jobs mm-hmm. um, from retail to then banking for a fair few years. And then, yeah, um, yeah the banking world, the rat race. And then, <laughs> um, and then obviously, like, you know, being in the city at that point, things started to shift and change. It's like, oh, it'd be really nice to be back in the, you know, back in nature. Mm. city's a bit crazy um but yeah I I at one point you know I went through a couple of different processes with myself and just knew there was something more in life that could be achieved or uh mm. you know I was always a deep thinker and always loving the the deeper aspects of life and always searching and mm. then um so I was like, you know what, I'm going to take a chance on myself and become a personal trainer. And that was the mm. first thing that started so many things from there. Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that, and- that was all the beginning. And then it turned into, you know, the body's great to train and everything like that. But there's more. And mm. that more is the mind. And then, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So then you are yeah. now a founder of Mind Your Mind. So what has led you into yeah. it? Yeah. So look, I I mean, we, I, when I was training clients, um, you know, with fitness, I was like, my, my whole thing for going into it was I want to relieve stress mm. and make people feel good about themselves. Because, you know, when I trained, I would feel good about myself. Or I, I knew I was relieving stress. Back then, obviously, like, you know, this is over 10 years ago, it was, it was in reality when I was doing my own training before I came a personal mm. trainer, it was like, I want to look sexy for the ladies. <laughs> That's what it was. Yeah. That's what yeah, it was. Yeah. Yeah. But then, then, you know, I saw the benefit that it would, that it gave me from, from myself. 
you know, less stress, feeling mm-hmm. good about myself. And obviously you get the physical changes as well. Mm. And then when I was a personal trainer, I started seeing that like fitness was great, but the biggest challenge was people's minds. Mm. And because I had done a bit of development within myself, I'd already started my journey in mm-hmm. the mind. Mm-hmm. And I was like, the physical training is great, but if mm-hmm. you don't have the mind to back it up, yeah, to push you to, you know, to have the great mindset for discipline or wanting to achieve, mm-hmm. then it's easy. It's easy to fall off. You know, yeah. it's easy to fall yeah. off the yeah. training. So that was where that idea began, and then it was mm-hmm. like, okay, well. I need to I need to dive into myself, which I did. You know, I've done many different modalities uh, for myself, like plant medicines, breath work. Um, you know, I've done workshops into the mind, and then obviously it turned into uh, hypnosis, hypnotherapy, mm-hmm. uh, strategic psychotherapy, coaching, and that's how it turned into mind your mind. How was the journey like? So, you know, ranging from plant medicine into like different sort of modalities. Like, I mean, you know, just one modality it is, it's like, it's, it's you know, is there's a lot to learn from as it is. So Yeah, yeah. Well, I look, the way, the way I kind of look at it is uh, I guess when I started my journey of awakening into these aspects, it was, it was all part of the experiences that I was having and I'd be very self-reflective like Mm. I think meditation's really helped that as well is you know I'd always be thinking about what I've learned and you know what patterns am I running and then that would help me in what I'm developing with with my business as well like everything Mm -hmm. that I've done in the past now comes through in my business whether it's stuff that I've learned about myself whether it's stuff I've had to overcome myself Mm -hmm. it's all come in into my model in which what I give clients now you know Mm. for 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 everything to happen I had to go through I had to go through dark times I had to go through challenging times I had Mm -hmm. to go through you know these deeper aspects I'm really working on myself to be able to give that and offer that to people Mm -hmm. and uh, what services are you offering at the moment so my business basically is uh, hypnotherapy, mm-hmm. strategic psychotherapy, coaching, mm-hmm. uh, and I would I would kind of put it all combined into one. Like they all they all work together in unison. Mm-hmm. You know, so uh, a typical session would be like, say, if someone comes to me with a problem, whether it's anxiety or they're feeling stuck somewhere in their life, mm. or there's something else going on. I'll take all their information that they're giving me. I'll also find out what patterns they're running, which is what the strategic psychotherapy component is. Mm-hmm. And then I'll find out what, what skill gaps are, are missing. Like, yeah, so what skill gaps do they have? And then from that, I'll take all that information and then I'll combine it into something really special and deliver it back to them within hypnotherapy Mm. the thing with hypnotherapy which is a lot of what a lot of people um, don't realize is there's like there's a couple of different models of hypnotherapy the traditional style which is 
you know, they would go in with a problem and the hypnotherapist may read out a script. Mm-hmm. Um, and like that's that's like the traditional old school model, very direct. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like in, they're, they're telling you to do something. It's not mind control. It's not magic. And then there's the, the Neo Erickson model, which is what I work with, which is like I'm taking all that information and I'm creating something back to them that's related to them so what happens is with the subconscious subconscious starts grasping onto the things Mm -hmm. that mean something to them Mm. does that make sense yeah so it's like it's cherry picking you know so an example would be if if you like surfing right yeah i'm not gonna i'm gonna i could utilize that in my session with you because you'll understand surfing but if mm. you like, let's say I bring up cars, but you don't, you don't really have any interest in cars. Mm. It's gonna be, it's gonna be more challenging for your subconscious to go, oh, I like that. Oh, I like that. So how do how do you integrate that? How do you integrate that? So yeah. essentially, well, well, what's that? In the first part of the process, mm-hmm. I'm obviously obtaining what, what the individual's life is like okay okay? and then what they like and Mm -hmm. then you know what happens to them maybe on an everyday basis what they enjoy what they're good at Mm. and then those things are like little seeds for me that grow into trees because I can use those Mm -hmm. and then in hypnosis so a lot of people aren't aware that hypnosis is essentially just dropping the brainwave levels down Mm-hmm. So your unconscious kind of comes up to the surface a bit more to grasp onto things mm-hmm. like a sponge. Mm. And that's how I'll integrate it. So I will use those things that they give me and I'll give it back to them. Mm. So it's not like I'm not creating the change. I'm just facilitating a change and guiding the process. So hypnosis can't or hypnotherapy can't work just like me giving someone a session like it works in unison so they're working with me i'm working with them you know Mm. so it works in like a flow state yeah yeah and in terms of hypnotherapy like how many sessions should you undergo in order to rewrite the old patterns or does it depends on the individuals and their background history or yeah definitely depends on the individual depends on Mm -hmm. what it is as well it depends on um you know, their their background history, whether there's any underlying, you know, belief system that, that is preventing them. So it can, look, it can take one session mm. um, and it can take eight to 12 sessions as well. It depends what we're working on, mm. you know, but maybe there's, okay, so maybe someone comes in, for example, for smoking, right? Yeah. So, you know, that's the surface thing that's on the top. But what if there's these, things underlying underneath that activate that that smoking right Mm. so it could be anxiety it could be stress it could be you know any range of things could be protection mechanism Mm. you know this is this is the thing so so it's our job as hypnotherapists to find those underlying things because otherwise if i just take the top off right Mm -hmm. it's like i'm just i'm just going on the surface so i'm just I'm just the saw on the surface, but I want to get to the core. And Mm. sometimes the core for people can take a lot. So usually what happens 
is we actually have a lot of insights throughout the whole process of each session or in between sessions mm-hmm. because after the sessions the subconscious mind's activated a lot more so the awareness is now looking for these certain aspects within their life and you know i say it's not not magic mm. but the magic that i see that it is is the insights that people have or the awareness that people have and the things that start to happen to them as they as their minds are changing mm. and looking in a new perception of reality makes sense yeah so how yeah. how can one define if the therapy is working like hypnotherapy yeah sure well like, i mean they're obviously going to notice changes that that happens within their life now there's two mm-hmm. ways i see changes happen mm-hmm. and this is the beauty of it the first way is what happens is they start noticing certain things like certain thoughts coming through and they'll be mm. able to be present with those thoughts instead of the unconscious just going through its old automatic patterns because we know that we operate like 95 percent you mm-hmm. know throughout the day we're, we're operating automatically through the subconscious right mm-hmm. so that's that's one way is that shift that pattern is now broken and so the awareness is like oh okay this is that moment where I can make a new, a new change or a new neural pathway mm-hmm. because it's, it's sparking that, okay, there's something new to do now. So that's one way they notice. The other way is because we're going into the unconscious and reprogramming, mm-hmm. that, that can become an unconscious behavior and then it might be two weeks later, it might be a month later, and they're like, I've actually been noticing this certain thing. Like Ooh. an example would be a, a client that I had, uh, I think it was two two weeks ago. I worked with her for two months, and she's wow. and she's like, I've been noticing that I'm starting to like really kind of speak into my word, and wow. you know, when 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 my mum was saying stuff to me, I was like, no, I was, she was like setting boundaries with how she mm. was talking, so she felt more empowered to speak her truth in a sense mm. so it's like these these little things can pop up you know it's yeah. one one little thing can have a butterfly effect in different parts of your life yeah because i actually went through that's um, the magic the first, yeah for the first time i've actually went through a um, hypnotherapy session last i think last week mm. or two weeks ago but mm-hmm. a you know, I just wanted to know, like, I was like, you know, as um, the therapist was guiding me through it, you know, through the script. Mm. And mm. I was like, I was in this stage of like, I was very calm and peaceful, but I was still very conscious. Like, I was conscious. So I still knew what I was doing. Yeah, yeah, but for yeah. at one point, I was like, yeah. hang on a second. Am I making this up? Or is it just coming out of my mouth? <laughs> yeah. So I was like, how do you, I know yeah. this is working or am I making that up? Or But it was quite powerful in effect though. I was literally just bawling my eyes out and crying. But I was like, hang on. Oh, I, wow. Yeah. Am I, am I, wow. Why am I saying these? Why am I saying these? Or, but I was still conscious. Yeah. So that's why I was like, yeah. how, do I, how do I know? Yeah. yeah. The biggest misconception that people have is that they're going to be unconscious and they're not going to be here but it's like 
I go into a session and I'm always like, all right, what have you heard about hypnosis? You know, and mm. then they will tell me and I'll be like, okay, well, let me explain it to you like this. Some people feel like they're, you know, having an experience where they're floating. Some people feel like they're sinking into the chair and other people just feel like they're sitting in a chair and listening mm-hmm. to everything that I say. And more often mm-hmm. than not, that's what it is. Mm-hmm. But what's happening is we're guiding someone down to a re- relaxed point. Mm-hmm. And what that does is it slows the brain down as well. And then what that means is those messages, because you're blocking off all the other senses, right? Eyes are closed. Mm. You know, mm. you're not focusing on these outside things, but you're listening to what someone says. Now, if if someone's, you know, a pretty decent hypnotherapist, they'll be utilizing language and their voice to get certain messages across or to to make the the brain slow down even more Mm. and then from there once the brain slows down even more you're in a hyper-focused learning state which is another way we would call hypnosis Mm -hmm. and then you absorb yeah makes sense yeah. yeah, and I, yeah. I remember when I was speaking to my therapist, so she's like, oh, don't try to analyze it because we because I have yes. the brain of yeah. like, I like to just like know why or I should have yeah. done better or yeah. did I like, you know, I started yeah. question myself and then she was like, leave them yeah. just out of the door because just let it yeah. work itself, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. The, be- the best position to be in like with a lot of these these uh, different modalities mm-hmm. is that we just have to surrender to the experience mm. and 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 let go of the expectation and just yeah. be with it because like I myself like look mm-hmm. I used to be I was always going into things very skeptical like mm. healthy skepticism like eh, you know what's that what's supposed to happen but we create these expectations mm-hmm. in our mind all the time yeah. of what we think something is mm-hmm. and then when when it's like oh it's not what I thought it was I thought mm-hmm. I thought like a hypnotic trance years ago was mm-hmm. oh I'm gonna see colors and my eyes are closed and I'm not gonna be able to hear anything and la 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 it wasn't that at all like oh. the closest thing it is is like meditation mm-hmm. yeah yeah and you were mentioning yeah. that um, one of your modality is strategic um, psychotherapy. Uh, what is strategic psychotherapy? So strategic psychotherapy is understanding what patterns the clients are running. So mm. you know, like let's say let's say on a large level, someone comes in for anxiety, right? Mm-hmm. This would be the roof of the house. Okay. Now, to that, that's the top part of the house but what we Mm -hmm. need to do is we want to knock down the house because that's anxiety right Mm -hmm. so what i'm going to do is i'm going to i'm going to go to the underneath patterns that are underlying from anxiety Mm -hmm. so the sub patterns and Mm -hmm. i'm going to hit them nearly every session Mm -hmm. because there's certain things within those underlying sub patterns that create the anxiety once Mm -hmm. we hit the sub patterns there's got to be no roof of anxiety Mm. so i strategic psychotherapy is essentially figuring out what patterns people are running yeah assisting them and coaching them into breaking those patterns but also taking those and utilizing them in hypnotherapy to break them as well Mm -hmm. and then not only not only that it's essentially like coaching and finding the breakthrough components of 
what's needed to move forward or mm-hmm. what's needed to get out of the stuck position they're in and then any any gaps of skill that they have you know that they haven't learned before in life mm-hmm. because there's things that we're really good at in life mm-hmm. like each one of us have like you know certain things that we're really good at and other uh-huh. people not so uh-huh. much uh-huh. and so and so it's just understanding those certain aspects of what can what can be improved to help us move you know to that next level with ourselves yeah see um what advice can you give on reprogramming our mind say in order to create lasting mm. change for instance if they would rather work on themselves without rather than going yeah. through a therapy yeah uh i would definitely say that meditation is probably one of the biggest keys mm-hmm. now i think the, the reason for this, pardon me, is because what happens when you meditate over a long period of time, you become more self-aware and the, the ability to observe your thoughts mm-hmm. comes, comes through a lot more. So, you know, you start to create a bit more of a separation between the reactional state and the responsive state. So, mm. you know, when those when those thoughts come through in your mind, you're able to observe, even if it's just that little one second, two seconds, it doesn't matter. And over time, meditation helps this. It helps us become more self-aware. And by becoming more self-aware, we're not operating from an automatic system. We're operating mm-hmm. from, you know, a more present system or a mm-hmm. more in-the-moment system. Mm-hmm. And I feel that, you know, the obviously in the whole spiritual realm of things, like we talk about being present, right? That's the, that's really the key. But, you know, I'd put it in the easiest form. It's like, you know, just become more aware of the, the, the thoughts, the patterns you're running. Yeah. And when we know that and see that and we're able to separate ourselves from that, mm-hmm. we have power over ourselves. We have power over our mind. And then so an example to reprogram, would be like okay so what if I become more Mm self-aware and I I keep doing a bad behavior that I don't want to do and I just end up doing it automatically yeah if I really want to change it then I'll be like okay I'm just about to do it the awareness kicks in I'm like nah that's not what I want to do I want to change yeah so I'm creating the habit to to shift and change it and the thing with changing certain aspects of automatic behavior or habits is when we start a new habit, it's always really easy in the beginning. That's it. Really easy in the beginning. And then what happens is there gets to a point where the old programming starts to be like, oh, hey, come back to the comfort zone. Oh, really? I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's like, oh, I just, you know, it's easier because we want to make things easy for ourselves. Uh Uh-huh. And so we need to we need to push through those boundaries to make it through that other side and to break through into the next level of ourselves. Mm. And what about for people that they don't like, you know, there's some people will mention, oh, I don't know how to meditate or it doesn't work for me. So are there any yeah. techniques for them like yeah. in order to get into the habits of meditation or are there any sort of practices that they can do to have that sort of awareness i think yeah other than meditation i think breath work is probably one of the like i am a 
like a, <laughs> I'm a big cheerleader for breath work because yeah. I know that I know that one it can it can slow down the thoughts it can stop the anxious thoughts it can bring you clarity it can it can work through trauma it can mm-hmm. um you know it can take you on on journeys of being present you mm-hmm. just have to you know do a, do the process first it's it's funny how in society today we're always looking for the the quickest fix and we always get stuck with not pushing through that little boundary within ourselves. But, but if we actually do the work, it could be 10 minutes, mm. be 20 minutes. But we actually see it clearly defined, you know, in our lives when we utilize these certain aspects. So breath work, I'll give, I'll give uh, people a little tool. So box breathing, if people haven't heard of that, I use it all the time with clients. So it's mm. a four second inhale. A four mm-hmm. second hold, four second mm-hmm. out breath, and mm-hmm. a four second hold, and then you repeat the process. Okay, over, so it's a four second inhale, four second yep. hold, yep, four second breathing out, and then four second hold again. Yep. Okay, so that's yep. called box. Yeah, box breathing. Box breathing. So okay. you you do that over and over again until, like, say, if you've got a racing mind. Mm-hmm. It's a great way to calm down the mind and get a bit more clarity. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're feeling stressed out, same thing, really great. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, definitely, I'd say breathwork is one of one of the most powerful tools right. that we have, mm-hmm. and it's free. Yeah, it is. Yeah, so that yeah. that those are the techniques that we can do instantly just to manage the stress. Yeah. Hundred percent, hundred percent. And then what the thing I, is, is continue. What I want to say with stress, yeah, is let's say we have a certain threshold of stress. Mm-hmm. Okay, everyone's obviously got a different threshold. Now, what happens is over time we keep building that up, right? Now, if we're not doing any type of practice to relieve our stress, obviously we're going to be a lot more reactive and less relaxed less relaxed a lot of the time so you know not only with all these practices do we do we enable ourselves to drop that level of stress down Mm -hmm. more and more over time it becomes easier to manage the stress levels that we do do have Mm -hmm. yeah and what other uh, breathing techniques are there that we can do it instantly say you've mentioned that there's um, box breathing Are there any yeah. other techniques that you can get advice so then when people are put into that stress or stressful state and they can calm their mind instantly? So the idea is we want to get our body back into a parasympathetic uh, level, which is rest and relax mm-hmm. um, or rest and digest. And the way we can do that is using an extended exhale. So it could be... A lot of people know this one. It's the four, seven, eight breathing technique. Mm-hmm. So it's, you know, four seconds in. For me, I usually go in through the nose and I'm breathing into my diaphragm. Mm. Okay. And then, so four seconds in, seven second hold, eight seconds out. But even if you just take three deep breaths, you know, and you breathe out on an extended level, you actually are putting your body back into that 
rest and digest state. Mm. And, you know, what's happening with stress is when we feel that stress, we're actually going into the sympathetic nervous system, which is like we have to go into fight or flight. Mm-hmm. So all the, all the blood goes out of our gut and it goes into our limbs because it wants to mm-hmm. either fight or it wants to run, fight or flight. Sometimes mm-hmm. we freeze. Yeah. So we want to. We just want to bring it back into the parasympathetic, which is that rest and digest state. And with those long exhales, you actually do that naturally. Mm. Amazing. In the beginning, like I said, these things in the beginning, it's it's you're fighting with your mind. Your ego is like, no, nah, I don't want to do it. Oh, it's not working. La la la. But if we keep doing it over and over again, you notice uh, over time that it shifts and changes. Mm. Because, like I said, if we've said it, you know, we've we've sat at our full level of stress, it's going to be much harder to come back down because we're going to go, right. we're going to let it go down and then let it go up again when something makes us react. Mm-hmm. But over time, if we're constantly doing it and we get to that point, we're like, okay, I feel a bit better now. And then you keep feeling a bit better and then you keep feeling a bit better over time. And that level just keeps dropping. It's like going to the gym, right? You go to the Mm -hmm. gym and you train your muscle. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Now, if I go to the gym once a month, my muscle is not going to be that strong. Like I don't think it'll grow, you know, it'll go through that, that whole process. But if I go to the gym a few times a week, like one, I'm going to, my body's going to grow. My body's going to get stronger. Mm-hmm. The same, same concept with the mind or with breath or with any of these things. It's the, the consistency mm-hmm. is the absolute key to anything in life. Mm-hmm. That's right. And yeah. also, you know, since we're mentioning about the consistency, so how, what's, what advice can you give them for people to stay consistent and keep themselves motivated uh, to retrain their mind? That's a good question. Well, that's a really good question. How to stay consistent. For me, I'll give you a bit of a story and a bit of a background. So okay. before I did my course, uh, my diploma in the strategic psych and mm-hmm. clinical hypnotherapy, mm-hmm. like I'd already done hypnotherapy training, hypnosis, everything like that, but something was missing and that mm-hmm. was the st- strategic mm-hmm. psychotherapy component. But for me, I I went through a really bad period of anxiety and depression, and mm-hmm. I was I was lost, like you know, dark night of the soul, real struggles, um, couldn't make decisions, couldn't move forward, it was super stuck, like mm-hmm. super glue stuck. <laughs> and then I did the same sessions that I do now with my mentor, mm-hmm. and I was at a point where I was like it's make or break. Like I need Mm. to do this and I need Mm -hmm. to put in the work, Mm -hmm. you know? And I think when we remind ourselves, especially in the morning and before we go to bed, how bad we want to make a shift, (sighs) that's going to help consistency because Mm -hmm. what happens, right. Is when we're in those times of day, morning and just before sleep Mm -hmm. and just after we wake up, our brain is in a digestible states in the Mm -hmm. theta brainwave level Mm -hmm. and so if we're constantly telling ourselves you know repetition in those Mm -hmm. points we're going to have 
we're going to have a, a more stronger capacity to be able to, you know, have that in our mind as we continue on our path to reach our goal. Mm-hmm. So that's one way. The other way I would suggest would be, you know, reminding, reminding yourself constantly throughout the day how bad you want something, mm-hmm. you know, how bad you want to make it happen. Because those, those are going to be the drivers that, that motivate. And look, there's going to be days where you're going to be like, oh, I'm not feeling motivated, mm-hmm. like that. It's going to be those days. Mm-hmm. And you've got to pick your battles with those mm-hmm. ones. Some days it's like I need to push through. Other days you're just zapped and mm. it's time to rest and rejuvenate to allow that motivation to be like, yep, yeah, no, I'm going to do it. Mm-hmm. You know. So I, I, I can honestly say that, you know, when I went through my whole process, I was being as consistent as I could. Mm-hmm. obviously we're human beings we can't be perfect because oh, yeah, ultimately right. we're perfectly imperfect mm-hmm. so if i'm mm-hmm. trying to aim for a hundred percent of the time all the time i'm going to burn out mm-hmm. but if i aim just to do my best and then every every single time I, you know that i'm i catch myself and i know that i'm creating a habit that's a that's an accomplishment for myself and the rewards we've got to give mm-hmm. ourselves these rewards you know, and I'm not talking about rewards. It's like, oh, I'm going to go spend a thousand dollars on something. Like, you know, yeah. little rewards to 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 enforce that motivation and be like, okay, well, I'm doing good for myself. Mm-hmm. You know, setting setting goalposts where it's like, okay, at this level, I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna give myself this, and at this level, I'm gonna give myself that, and mm-hmm. that enables us to to be the self, you know, the self rewarding system. Mm-hmm. that we can do and it just helps us to drive us further yeah and uh, you were mentioning it was a long-winded earlier, answer hey? <laughs> yeah but you were mentioning earlier that um you went through the very dark period of your life mm. and for other people out there who are going through those period like what advice can you give from them so they can get out of that dark cloud yeah yeah cool so like, so like for me, I'll, I'll re-explain as well. I, I definitely experienced Dark Night of the Soul. I mm. didn't realise how, I didn't realise how bad anxiety could get until mm. I experienced it myself. I used to have friends, or only like a couple that had really bad anxiety. And mm-hmm. I was like, it's all good. Just do this, just do that. Like, you know, don't worry. Mm-hmm. But I never experienced it Ooh, to yeah. the level until I did. And that was like, okay, one, I actually knew that I was going through the process to understand how deep it gets mm-hmm. with the clients that I'd be working with because I predominantly want to work with people that have anxiety. Mm-hmm. And it, it's terrible. You know, it's, it's, there's the thing to remember that there's nothing wrong with you it's not your identity it's just the Mm -hmm. patterns that you're running Mm. you know the there's definitely a way out there's so many things that you can do to help yourself through it Mm -hmm. and I would strongly suggest exercise is one of the best things Mm -hmm. I would strongly suggest you know getting into a breathing practice and find out where you want to be and then it's like the plan to go to get there now another 
bit of advice that I can give is that we, when we're stuck in those positions, we think that we're so alone and no one understands that's us right. and that's yeah. why it's really good to have a great, yeah, we need to have a good support network. Mm-hmm. And people obviously have this stigma about psychology and therapy and blah, 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 but look, it, it helps. You know, all these things really, really help and, like, don't feel like it's a taboo thing to do. There's so many people out there that have worked through their stuff by going to certain therapies and -hmm. and working on themselves. And, you know, I used to, uh, when I was in my dark period, I would would constantly think about, oh, I I miss how I used to be. You know, I miss the person that I was that was happy and always having fun and yeah. am I ever going to get out of it? And mm-hmm. then it wasn't until some of those moments where I'm like, you know what, it's time to make a change. And I started making changes and I worked really hard on it. Mm-hmm. You know, every day I, I was constantly having to to shift my mind and change the programming within my mind and, do certain practices and and then you know now I'm at the best position I've been in my life my life Mm -hmm. since I overcame that period has just been a blessing like the people that I've met the the learnings that I've had the um like the the business stuff the Mm. financial side of things the the spiritual journey the personal growth journey the physical development journey like all these things you know have have really flourished since then um but the last thing i'd leave it on is find out what brings you joy maybe it was something in your past like Mm. painting or skateboarding or surfing or drawing or you know those those creative sides of things that really bring out the fun within you and put put your time into that, put a bit of focus into that because when you when you focus in on what you love doing and the joy, yeah. the, universe, the universe gives you little cookie crumbs and it's on you to be like, okay, that's, that's popping up. I'm going to go do that. Mm. Yeah, yeah, that's what I noticed yeah. massively within my life, you know. So, so like, because it's like, you know, working on yourself energetically is very important. So once you start yeah. working on yourself energetically, then yeah. you start to attract people who are on the same level or all these yeah. things that yeah. brings you joy start popping up. One tool, like one tool that was medicine for me was learning guitar. Like mm. in my dark period, I started learning guitar and to have something, this is where like, you know, I go down the joy path, right? Mm-hmm. To have something that is you're teaching yourself. I'm self-taught, completely self-taught. Mm-hmm. But you're constantly watching all the energy that you put into something in the beginning. Same with habits. Mm. It's it's tough. It's annoying. It's frustrating. But then things get easier over time. And then it's like... I've been playing for two and a half years now. At the beginning wow. was my medicine. And yeah. I, because you're constantly watching yourself grow 
and accomplish little things. Oh, I can do that chord now. Oh, I can play this now. Oh, mm. I can play a song now. Oh, I can sing with my song now. Oh, I want to know learn this song. And you're constantly watching how much creation and creative ability you have by pouring your energy all into something and then watching it grow. Mm. And then when you see that, you your mind can start to shift and change, or at least mine did, to be like, oh, okay, anything, anything is possible. Mm-hmm. It just matters on how much energy I want to put into it and how much I want to see it grow. Like for me, it was like guitar's lifelong. It's a lifelong journey. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's it's an extension of myself and what I notice within my life. Do I have good days with it? Yes. Do I have bad days with it? Yes. Do I have neutral days with it? Yes. Do I have mm-hmm. unmotivated days with it? Yes. <laughs> yeah. The list goes on, right? So it is part of an extension of my soul, of myself, of my life. Mm-hmm. And it's the same thing with these certain things that we put in. It could be surfing. You catch a good wave one day or you catch many good waves. Some days you catch bad waves. Some days there's no surf. Some mm-hmm. days there's amazing surf. Same thing with life. Some days it's sunny. Some days it's yeah, rainy. Right. Some, Some days, days it's you'll storming. be depressed. Yeah. Like, yeah. Exactly. So when we start to see the, the relationship of how life works within those realms and the things mm-hmm. that we do and the extensions of ourselves and the weather or, you know, the earth, Pachamama, mm-hmm. then it's just, it, it really helps to guide us forward and guide us into a connection of life. Mm, beautiful that was deep I, I don't know where all that came from it was yeah just all no 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 thank you for sharing that um, <laughs> and, and I know I know your time is precious so I'd like to end it with um, three questions so the first oh. one is um, share me one truth about you that only you know one truth um I used to have a massive battle with self-confidence self-worth um mm. Yeah, massive, massive. And, you know, the the changing point for me really was just understanding that, you know, they weren't me. They were just the patterns Mm. that I was running, you know, and that I can create those things within myself just by figuring out, okay, well, how for me... Would I have self-worth? How for me would I have self-confidence? What would those things be that I would be doing to create those? Mm. Because it's different for everyone, right? Yeah, that's right. So for you, there might be something different that gives you self-confidence. And for me, it might be different. So if I find out what's for me and I write those things down and I'm like, okay, these are all these goals that I want to reach to have self-confidence, right? This is another way to reprogram as well. You know, listeners mm. might like this. So now I've got goals for self-confidence. Mm-hmm. If I can break down those little goals into steps, which mm. is, you know, getting the process. What I'm doing, if I'm ticking those things off and doing those things, not only am I completing that, you know, stairway to self-confidence, Confidence. I'm also creating the belief system within it that's that's going around and around going, oh, I'm doing that. That's more self-confidence because mm-hmm. I've set I've set the goals. 
So I know what for me is the self-confidence. And then once I do those things, those belief systems start working together. It's like, oh, okay, well, cool. I must be self-confident then. (laughs) Mm, Beautiful. And what does it mean to you to live a conscious lifestyle? Conscious lifestyle. Look, um, for me, it's about being aware, being Mm. aware of, you know, I, I keep going deeper into my journey, you know, over the years and it's you know what i'm putting in my body where Mm. my thoughts that how am i responding to people how am i being with people Mm. you know what what things what things am i doing that you know maybe i shouldn't be doing or should be doing um and not being hard on myself that's a huge thing Mm. like i an example would be like, you know, I quit drinking years ago for about two years uh, and then I was very hard on myself for it when, when I didn't just have one beer with a friend. Yeah. Wow. And then, you know, like the thing with that is, you know, you can go to extremes with a lot of things and it's, it can be unhealthy. But the most important thing, and this will come back to your question to come full circle, is to is to just be very balanced as balanced as you can be and always try and find the balance you know so if I eat something that is going to irritate my gut or I you know go for a couple of beers with my brother or something like that Mm -hmm. like I have to own that I have to own that you know that I'm going to feel like my gut's going to feel like crap or I'm going to I'm going to wake up and feel a bit tired from from having a few beers with my brother I have to own that I can't be hard on myself for it Mm. so I come back into balance with okay I I own it and I let it go yeah so it's it's really that's that's how I would kind of be more conscious within myself Mm. it's you know those thoughts that we run like they're constantly running and the ego can be tricky with that and put us down. But it's like, if I own it, if I own it and go, yeah, yeah. I did it, cool. Well, you know, that's acceptance. You know? Yeah, that's right. Self-acceptance is key as well, yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly, exactly. And the final question is, what impact do you want to leave on this world? Oh, my impact. Look, I, I really believe in people, you know, mm. I want to make an impact within people because i believe that we have so much potential and Mm -hmm. i feel that a lot of us struggle to believe in our own potential and you know my my goal is really like i want to like with my business for example i don't want to keep people forever as clients i want them to just like personal training like you know i want them to to get trained up and then they're they're off into the world because they know that they've got that self-confidence or self-worth or that self-belief within themselves to create whatever they want it's just that you know sometimes we have to be patient with things or Mm -hmm. sometimes things take time and i want to impart that wisdom from my own experience to be able to have people believing themselves fully and completely so you know they can have a ripple effect on people or the world or Mm. anything like that because it's once you focus on what's possible and Mm -hmm. then you keep that focus it's not only possible it's probable 
If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe so you're notified when a new episode is posted. Rate and review this podcast and share it with your friends. Thanks so much for listening, and I hope you're leaving feeling inspired to be your best authentic self.